Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. I'm talking today about the subject of overcomers. We're starting a new sermon series called Overcomers. And I don't know if you are aware of what a big topic this is in the Bible. Somehow, we as Christians have got the wrong end of the stick. You know, the opposite of overcome is undergo. Over, the opposite of over is under, the opposite of come is go. And overcome means I rise above circumstances and I am victorious through them. The Bible says we are more than conquerors. Jesus always leads us in triumph. These are verses that talk about us being overcomers. And I'm going to show you a few of those verses today. But unfortunately, many Christians and many people who don't call themselves Christians, instead of overcoming in life, which is what God wants us to do, we undergo. What does that word undergo mean? We use that word when we are going through something passively that's being done to us. It's a little bit of a difficult process. So we say something like, my home is undergoing renovations. That means somebody has invaded my home. It was against my will. I didn't really want it. And it's a bit of a pain and there's a process I have to go through. But at the end, it'll be worth it. I'm undergoing. Oh boy, I have to endure. Or I'm undergoing therapy, facial reconstruction, an operation, whatever it is. It's me being passive and somebody else doing something to me. And that is the unfortunate place that many Christians live. Even if they don't admit it in their mind, in their attitude, and in their experience, they are undergoing life. They are under circumstances and they are going through something that they don't want to go through and it's being done to them. And I want to show you today that God says we are able to rise above. And when we have the attitude that God wants us to have, things change. It's extraordinary how, I don't know if you've seen this in your life, but a change in attitude can change everything. The circumstances are still there. They haven't changed. What's happening to you, how people are acting towards you, how people are perceiving you, it can all be the same, but you wake up one day with a change of attitude and suddenly you can rise above and you can overcome. Has anyone ever seen that? It's extraordinary. And I'm excited about this sermon series because we are going to learn how to actively and intentionally move from undergoing to overcoming. Amen? So, Revelation 21 verse 7 says, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. I will be his God and he shall be my son. The book of Revelation mentions this word overcome a lot. 
In fact, when Jesus wrote to the seven churches in Revelation, Revelation chapter 2 and 3, Jesus writes seven letters. He actually dictates them. He doesn't write them. He dictates seven letters to seven different churches which represent us as the body of Christ and they also represent times in history of church life but to each of the seven churches he has a different message he has different instructions different commendations different rebukes different guidance but there are three things that he says to every one of the seven churches number one he says I know your works to all of them I know your works. I'm aware, I'm familiar, I'm watching, I haven't forgotten you, I know exactly what's happening in your lives. Number two, he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Not just to your one of the seven church, churches, but all of them. He says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To all of us, no matter what church we're in, we must be listening for the Spirit's voice. But then the third thing he says to every church and to every Christian everywhere on the planet and any time in history is this. He says, to him who overcomes, I will give. To him who overcomes, I will give. To him who overcomes. Let me read you a few of them. To Ephesus church in Revelation 2 verse 7. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life. Smyrna, he who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Pergamum, to him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat and a new name. Thyatira, to him who overcomes, I will give power over the nations. Sardis, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but will confess his name before my Father. Philadelphia. Him who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, and I will write on him my new name. And Laodicea, to him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Friends, I don't think we have perceived how important it is for Christians to be overcomers. I don't think we've got it. Somehow, you know, the devil's trick is to dull and dampen our minds and to close our eyes and make us sleepy so that we miss something that's important. And somehow the devil has pulled the wool over Christians' eyes so that we think we must undergo and, and God says, overcome. And you can overcome. We're going to see at the end of our talk today. In Revelation 12, he says, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. It's not your cleverness. It's not your grit and determination. It's not your experience or skill or devotion. It's the blood of the Lamb. And that's available to all of us. And the word of our testimony, every one of us has a word of testimony. You can. You say, I'm under. I'm undergoing. 
I'm undergoing my past. I'm undergoing what those people are saying about me, doing to me. I'm undergoing. I'm under, I'm under, I'm under. God says, come on up. Move up. Lift up your eyes. You can overcome today. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. I'm going to read you a few more verses. 1 John 5 and verse 4. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. If you are born of God, you see, we look at ourselves and we say, but look at me, I can't overcome. I'm, I've been a victim, I've been hurt, I've been, some, this has happened to me. God says, no, no, look at, you're born of God. You're not born of that family line that has problems. You're not born of that terrible tragedy that happened to you as a child. You're not born of this or that. You're born of God. And therefore, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. I hope you're getting excited and encouraged today. Romans 8, 37. He says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. More than conquerors. What are all these things? Just before this verse, he talks about famine and distress and tribulation. All the things that the world, the hardships of the world. He says, no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. And then after this verse, he says, I'm convinced that neither death or life, height or depth, present or future, angels or demons, nothing created can separate us from the love of God. It's all, we are more than conquerors over anything physical, anything spiritual, anything future, anything past, anything created, anything uncreated. He says there's nothing that you can't overcome. Why? We've just spoken at Easter about Jesus rising from the dead. Jesus is our conquering king. When he rose out of that grave, he showed there is nothing that can hold me. I am the conquering king. All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. And therefore he gives us that power and in him we are more than conquerors. I wonder how you see yourself today. I heard a story about a tiger that had been kept as a, a captive tiger since it was a little cub. Since it was very small, it had been kept in a cage that was just a few meters long and a couple of meters wide. And this tiger had grown up in this cage and all it had learnt that it could do was walk two meters there, three meters there. Three meters back, two meters back. Two meters, three meters. And its whole life consisted of walking in this cage backwards and forwards. And it grew up thinking that its identity was the cage. And some people discovered this tiger and they set it free. And they gave it a beautiful big jungle to run in and a beautiful field of grass. And their hearts were broken when they saw this tiger, this beautiful majestic beast, sitting in the middle of a wide open space and it was walking two meters by three meters by three meters by two meters because it saw itself as a captive and God says see yourself as you really are you're more than a conqueror amen 2 Corinthians 2 verse 14 says now thanks be to God who always 
always leads us in triumph in Christ. There is nothing that can overcome us, but in Christ we can overcome. And I know there are some of us here who've been through extraordinary hardships. And I want to say to you that God gets the more glory when the world sees you overcoming. Not necessarily winning. You know, sometimes, sometimes a Christian gets killed for their faith. There are times when from the world's point of view, we haven't won. But then they see within us a spirit that cannot be broken, a joy that cannot be taken away, a faith that overcomes and endures. And they say, this person has overcome. The martyrs, the blood of martyrs, Christian martyrs who have died for their faith through the centuries has always produced growth and revival and powerful uh, results in Christian life. Because it's not so much them hurting our bodies it's that overcoming spirit within us that makes the world see God is real the number of martyrs that I've read about who were being burnt at a stake or being killed or had it, having their heads chopped off and they were praising God till the end and saying I forgive you God is great I will not deny Christ's name and the world sees something that they cannot understand and they cannot break and that is the overcoming spirit amen right so I want to talk briefly now for a few minutes about King David because he was an overcomer did you know that King David has more chapters and more verses written about him in the Bible than anybody else in the whole Bible except Jesus David is by far the dominant character in the Bible. More than Abraham, Moses, Joseph, Joshua, you name them. It doesn't matter who they are. David has by far more verses and chapters written about him. And David was called a man after God's own heart. But I want to show you that he had every reason to be an undergoer, but he became an overcomer. Are you willing, ready to go through this journey with me on David's life? It really is beautiful. Psalm 144, David says, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. Psalm 18, verse 29, David says, By you, God, I can run against a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. David was an overcomer. He had something about him that said, look at me, I'm a great warrior, but he always said it was God who gave him that power. And I want to just show you in nine steps how David moved from there. The first step, is in 1 Samuel 16. I'm not going to read the verse, but I'm going to tell you the story. David is the eighth son, the youngest son of eight. And his father, Jesse, has a visit from Samuel the prophet. And Samuel says, I'm here to find the next king of Israel. And so Jesse brings in all of the seven sons except David. And he says, look, Samuel, these are my favorite sons. These are my great sons. These are my able sons. But he doesn't even bring David in. David is left out in the fields looking after the sheep all alone, worshiping God by himself and having to defend against lions and, and bears. 
And Samuel goes through all seven sons and he says, no, it's not this one, it's not this one, it's not that one, it's not that one. And eventually he says, is there no one else? And as an afterthought, David's father says, oh, there's that other one. David was a rejected, excluded member of the family. Have you ever been rejected and excluded? But David came in and Samuel saw him and God said, that's the one. Why? Because God does not look at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart and there was something in David's heart that was an overcomer. David wouldn't allow the rejection to define him and Samuel anointed him. That's the first step. Second step is protecting the sheep. David says later on, whenever a lion or a bear came when I was protecting the sheep, I rose up, he says, I grabbed it by the beard and I struck it and I killed it. This is a young boy, maybe 12, 13, 14 years old, but he has learned to get strength from his God. Much later in his life, towards the end of his life, when he was an old king, he has a similar experience in 2 Samuel chapter 30, where everything's against him, the enemies are against him, his men are against him, uh, just the whole world has crumbled around him, and it says they were all weeping till they had no more strength to weep, and they wanted to kill David the king because the, the enemy had destroyed their city and stolen all of their goods and their families, and it says David found strength in the Lord. That's the strength that David had, which he learned when he was a young boy in the field and an enemy came. You know, it started probably with a little fox and he had to protect the sheep and then a bigger animal and a bigger and eventually it was lions and bears that he learned to overcome through in the quiet place, in obscurity, just trusting on God. The, the next Example is rejection by his brothers. In 1 Samuel 17, 28, the brothers are at the front line of the war against the Philistines and David goes to visit. He's still a young man. And it says, Eliab, his oldest brother, when he spoke to the men, Eliab's anger was aroused against David. And he said, why did you come down here? With whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the insolence of your heart, for you have come down to see the battle. And David said, what have I done now? <laughs> Being misunderstood, having evil spoken against you without cause. And David learns to overcome. He says, I'm not going to let bitterness define me or hamper me. I've got, a, I've got a great God and I've got a thing to move on for, for the Lord with. And he moves on. And then the king, the fourth step is the king, Saul, sees him. In verse 32, David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of Goliath. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, so now a person in authority, a person who is respected and who is a leader says this to David you are not able to go against this Philistine and fight with him you are a youth he is a man of war from his youth but David said your servant used to keep his father's sheep and when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock I went after it and I struck it and I delivered the lamb from its mouth and when it arose against me I caught it by its beard and I struck it and I killed it your servant has killed both lion and bear and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them 
seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. Moreover, David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, <laughs> the Lord be with you. He was told by those who he respected, you cannot, you are unable, you don't have what it takes. And he said, with God, I can. But bear in mind, this is a rejected little isolated boy whose family and everybody else ignores. But there's an overcoming spirit within him. And it can be in you. The next is the group peer pressure. The whole nation of Israel were afraid. 1 Samuel 17 verse 11 says, When Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Everyone around him is afraid. Verse 16, The Philistine drew near and presented himself for 40 days, morning and evening, taunting them. There's just evidence coming against him that this is a very strong, horrible enemy. And all the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were dreadfully afraid. David overcame the group's peer pressure that everybody else was saying negative things and believing negative. He said, no, with God I can. And I'm going to just read you the story. Verse 42 of 1 Samuel 17. When the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him, for he was only a youth, ruddy and good-looking. So the Philistine said to David, am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand. And I will strike you and take your head from you. And this day I will give the carcasses of the camp of the Philistines to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Then all this assembly shall know that the Lord does not save with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. So it was when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, that David hurried and ran toward him. Then David put his hand in his bag, took out a stone, he slung it and struck the Philistine on the forehead, and he was killed. And there was no sword in the hand of David. Friend, the same God that empowered David is available to you and I. Because it wasn't David's strength, his skill, his ability, his age, his experience. It was God. And it was an overcoming spirit within him. The next time David had to overcome was he's now working for King Saul as Saul's assistant and protege. And he plays music for Saul because Saul has a distressing spirit. And in chapter 18, verse 10, it said, It happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul and he prophesied in the house. So David played music with his hand as at other times, but there was a spear in Saul's hand and Saul cast the spear and said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. David had to overcome being unfairly treated by a person in authority over him. And he didn't allow bitterness to get into his heart 
For the next 10 years, he fled and he lived in caves and Saul and his armies were hunting David and David could have cursed Saul, fought against him. He had many opportunities to kill Saul. He never took those opportunities. He never spoke badly of Saul. He honored Saul and when Saul died, he mourned and wrote a song of mourning and honored King Saul. He never allowed bitterness into his heart because he overcame the bitterness. And then lastly, when he sinned with Bathsheba, he committed adultery, he killed her husband, he had a child with Bathsheba, and he sinned, and Nathan the prophet came and challenged him and said, you have sinned. David overcame his own guilt and his own failure by repenting to the Lord and moving on with his life. I'm gonna close now by saying, how does this apply to you and I? But first let me pray, Lord God, help us. Help us, Lord. Father, I'm really sensing that you are wanting to do heart surgery in our lives today. That you're wanting to change our minds and our attitudes and our thoughts and put us on a new direction today. I pray, God, that you would make us like David, a man after your own heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. So how do we do this? Revelation 12 verse 11 says, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. There's two parts to this. Friends, number one is we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. If you think you're going to overcome by your own strength, even by positive mental attitude. You know, there are many books and, and talks out there today which say if you can just believe in yourself and have a positive mental attitude, you can overcome. I want to tell you, you can't overcome. You are just a flesh and blood person. You are small in your own strength, but God is mighty. It's God who gives us the strength. Again and again, David wrote in the Psalms, God is my fortress and my shield, my strength and my deliverer. It was God that he relied on, and we need to rely on the blood of the Lamb. When the devil comes against you to tempt you, to uh, accuse you, or to say negative things in your mind about other people or situations, it's the blood of the Lamb that will protect you, not your own cleverness. You need to say, I'm hiding in Christ. He has defeated. Amen? He's the one. We need to put our identity in Christ. Say, I belong to him and he belongs to me. I am in Christ. John 16, Jesus said, In this world you will have tribulation and trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. It's in Christ that we overcome. Colossians 2 verse 15 says, Jesus disarmed the principalities and powers made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in the cross. It's Christ's death on the cross that we hide in. And if you have been an undergoer, you say, I've been undergoing renovations, struggles, therapy, operations, problems. I've been undergoing. God says, find your strength in Christ. Hide in Christ. The blood of the Lamb is your strength. Go to Him like David did. Spend time in God's presence and just allow God to fill you with his goodness. When he tells you to do something, obey, do small steps, start with a fox, then a bigger animal. Start with the little things and overcome in Christ and realize God's power is there for you. It's in 
Christ. And that means it doesn't matter what you've done because Christ can forgive it. It doesn't matter how weak you've been because God can give you the strength. It doesn't matter what was done to you or against you because God is greater. It's in Christ. And then the second part is by the word of our testimony. And I want to just spend a few moments talking about this. We overcome by the word of our testimony. Can I ask you, what are the words that are coming out of your mouth at the moment? If you were to do an audit, make a, a record of all the words that come out of your mouth from the minute you wake up to the minute you go to sleep, what words are coming out of your mouth? Are they words of faith? Are they words that agree with God's opinion about you and the world? Or are they words that express doubt and negativity, fear, pain, bitterness, anger? Because your words, the Bible says, James chapter 3, says a great ship is guided by a tiny rudder. And then he says, your tongue is like that rudder. The words that you speak guide your life. And if you speak words that the world around you is speaking, the world around you starts to gossip. They start to lie. They start to speak negatively of the boss. They start to speak fear and doubt and anger and pain. And you just go along with it and say the words. And you think those are just breaths of air that I'm just saying. They mean nothing. God says they mean something. They are a rudder that changes the course of your life. We should be people who speak words of faith and positivity and say, I will not give in to fear. Amen? You say to me, does that mean I deny the negative? I deny my pain? Does that mean I don't say the truth? No, we can say it, but then we add God's power to it. You know, David was ex and a brilliant example of this in the Psalms. Again and again, David starts by saying how he feels, and he's honest. Let me read you one of them, Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? He's honest about his pain, but he always ends with faith. He says then later on, but I have trusted in your mercy. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. He always puts the truth on top of his pain. And because of that, he overcomes by the word of his testimony. Proverbs 18 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Matthew 12, Jesus said, I say to you, for every idle word men may speak, they will give account of it on the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. So, folks, let me summarize. God wants us to be overcomers, not undergoers. God has given us all the power that we need for it, but we need to find our strength in him. We need to be like David. Even if you've been rejected and isolated, even if you're in pain, you can connect with the king of the universe in those dark places where David was all alone. He connected with the king of the universe. He was filled with God's strength, God's power, he saw God for who he really was, and when he saw Goliath, Goliath was small compared to the God that he'd been looking at. 
We connect with God. We spend time with Him. We're honest in His presence, but then we let our words agree with God's truth. And we get a spirit of being an overcomer. We say, God, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's nothing that can overcome me. Nothing can separate me from the love of God. I'm not a victim. I'm not passive. I'm more than a conqueror through God who loved me. But the first step is to say, I'm going to break out of this cage. The first step is to interrogate our own thinking and say, how have I seen myself? How have I seen the, the circumstances and the things that have been coming against me and make a decision today? I'm breaking out of this. I'm seeing myself as God sees me and I'm moving on as an overcomer. And because God says you can do it, in Revelation, he says, to him who overcomes, I will give, I will bless, I will speak. Because he tells us you can do it, you can know for sure you can do it. You just have to say, yes, God, I'm agreeing with you today. I can be an overcomer. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.